sages. That's what I call them. People whose teachings transcend time. People who've maybe lived seven, eight decades and share things that you normally wouldn't think to share. Things that one person anciently called clear or plain teachings. I was recently, uh, just actually this morning, looking up the word claridad. I believe that's how you say it in Spanish. I wanted to see what the meaning in Spanish meant of clarity or claridad. And the very first thing that popped up, one of the definitions was an abundance of light. An abundance of light. Hmm. Isn't that true? That if we want more clarity in our lives, we want to see things without all the fog around them. If we don't want it to be like San Francisco Bay or Seattle sometimes of the year, but we want to be able to see clearly like the sun is illuminating it. We need more light in our lives. So some wisdom that I learned this morning as I was studying some wonderful teachings from nearly, that's been about 30 years ago, from a gentleman who's now in his 80s. This person named Dallin H. Oaks said this, and I took quite a few notes. This is a, a talk that took me probably 25 minutes to read slowly. And these are some of the, the notes that I took. Um, it, the safety and happiness that were promised, it comes from doing the basics. I'm paraphrasing a little bit here. Not discounting the basics or multiplying them. Sometimes it's easy to say as a husband and wife, we need more rules for our children. Or for ourselves, hey, it's a new year. I need to do more things. I need to have more control of certain areas. But sometimes we just need to do the basics and keep the basics. I am in awe at the number of amazing basketball players over the last 40 years that have said pretty much the same thing. Pistol Beat Maravich said that when he warms up, he always starts at the hoop. This is one of the greatest three-point shooters ever. But yet, he starts close to the hoop. Matter of fact, Stephen Curry who now holds the three-point record in the NBA for the most three-pointers ever made, he starts shooting close to the hoop. Michael Jordan talked about that. Many of the greats warmed up, and still, if they're complaining today, warm up near the hoop. It's to get your confidence up. Matter of fact, a lot of players talk about when they start struggling, go to the hoop, drive to the hoop, make easy layups, keep the basics. Here's another thing I learned from Dallin H. Oaks. We're, um, we're told to, to love our neighbors, not to manipulate them, even if it's for the right causes. In other words, we may want to give, we may want to give our time, our money and such, but should we force others to do that? Absolutely not. That's up to them. And even if we're trying to get a good cause or produce something of value, manipulating others to get that ends isn't a good thing. The ends don't justify any means. Um, how about this one? In your relationship, and this is a paraphrase talking about relationships, I'm gonna, it was actually to students about studying, but if you live your marriage and, and as though everything depended and you worked at it as though everything depended on you and then prayed as if everything depended on God. So you do your best to be the spouse you should be, the father you should be, the husband, wife that you should be, and then trust in the Lord. Uh, let's see. How about this one? Love is pluralistic. Now, I don't pretend to understand that completely yet. I had to look up pluralistic to see if I understood that word correctly. And I don't like the definitions I've seen so far. They don't help illuminate my understanding the way I need it to. But my understanding so far is that love isn't narrow. It isn't confined. That you don't have to confine your love to one person. You can love your neighbors. You can love your enemies. You can love your children and you should, 
love everyone and it grows. It multiplies. I like maybe even putting the word multiplistic, that love multiplies as we exercise it. It's maybe something like a friend of mine taught me with muscles in the body by working muscles of like your feet or your ankles that actually impacts your entire body because that's your stability is down there near your feet. So if you work your feet, it actually pays dividends for your entire body from your posture to your core to everything else. Um, how about this one? How do we prevent our strengths from becoming our downfall? We should be working on our weaknesses for sure. We all have a weakness and you've just, if you haven't realized it, look at the news that someone has a weakness, it's going to become their downfall unless they take actions to mitigate that weakness and to turn it into a strength. But our strengths also are something that could become a downfall. We could get so, you know, just the other day, someone complimented me on a language that I'd become proficient at. And it was, used to be for many years when someone would give me that compliment, I kind of absorbed it. Thankfully, yesterday, I was able to take that compliment, accept it and give it Give credit to where credit's due because it wasn't all me that learned the language. But this is the last thought I'll leave you with. Humility is the great protector. Humility is the antidote against these getting puffed up and these things that are so that we're so strong in. This is a talk about our strengths, that there's 17 or 18 areas of things that we could say, well, I'm really good at this area. I'm really good at this strength. And then we can become overconfident and it can become our downfall. So there you have it. What are you doing to make sure that uh, you're humble in the strengths that you have, turning your weaknesses into strengths? I hope you'll have that opportunity. You'll take that opportunity to look at yourself reflectively. Find out, especially at the start of this new year, what you can do to build on your weaknesses, turn them into strengths, and then on your strengths, how you can give credit to where credit is due. Who has helped you? I'll leave you with a story. Many years ago when I was learning Finnish, arguably one of the most difficult languages in the world, I had someone give me a great compliment and I took it to heart and the person next to me was a much more humble person. And this person said, well, it's a gift from God. And that didn't take away the fact that we both had studied pretty hard to learn the language, but he knew that no matter how well he studied to get to the level that we'd gotten to, uh, it wasn't just us. We hadn't climbed onto a pole to quote Alex Haley. Um, of roots fame by ourselves. We hadn't gotten a, see a turtle on a pole, he said, on like a fence pole or a fence post. It didn't get there by itself. Turtles can't climb a post. Someone put it there. When we arise or rise to a certain area in our life, a certain uh, status, it didn't happen by ourselves. We were put there by a God and by other wonderful people that have helped us, his angels, if you will. Good luck.